hello everybody. This is uh this is the filming the unfilmed podcast, the second episode, and uh, we're going from we're gonna we're gonna do another, we got a guest this time around. We got Brandon here. Say hello. Hello. Everybody. We're talking about we're talking about Kirby today. Ducko, do you want to explain what, what what filming the unfilmed is to people who who are just watching this? Okay, so filming the unfilmed, we're taking something like a series or character or whatever that does not have a movie, and this time it's Kirby. I don't think Kirby has a movie. Kirby had a show. Kirby yeah, right he had back a show, at you. And there might have been like maybe an hour long special there, but I doubt it was like a full blown movie. There was yeah. um an OVA, I remember. It was streamed on the 3DS Nintendo video of all things, and it was an hour long, but yeah, Kirby doesn't have oh. any theatrical release, to my knowledge. So, th- yeah. so now, we're gonna change that. We each have our own little idea for a Kirby movie, and we're just, we're gonna pitch it. We're gonna go through it and talk about everything that we wanna talk about for that potential film. This potential Kirby film that had been long time coming. I guess this would yeah. be like, because the last time the Nintendo made a movie was the Mario movie. And that was like, everyone hated it. Uh, I liked right. the Mario movie. I thought it was yeah. funny. I guess there's Detective Pikachu, although that's also with, like, oh, well, yeah. Game Freak. And, is is mm-hmm. Pokemon its own thing from Nintendo? The Pokemon company um, is its own, it's its own entity, but I think they have, like, an exclusivity thing with Nintendo that only makes Pokemon games on, on their consoles. Yeah. Could so they? That's like, so this would be I the next remember. real Nintendo movie. Yeah. Well, now what do we usually we usually talk about? Like we did we did say that it didn't have a film yet. Is there anything else we need to mention about Kirby? Do well, we, we talk oh, about? Oh, we should probably like, describe what it is. Yeah, Kirby. Our personal connection with the series as well. Oh yeah, yeah. we can talk about that too. The personal connection. Well, okay, uh, Brandon, do you want to explain exactly what Kirby is? Because you're the one that wanted to do Kirby. Okay, um, amongst a lot of the Nintendo platformers, uh, Mario, Donkey Kong, Kirby is one of the more unique ones. It's a game, I believe, that started on the NES? Correct me if I'm wrong, Game Ducko. Boy. Yeah, I think. Game Boy. Game Boy. Of yeah, course yeah well, NES Game Boy. Um, you play as a little pink alien guy who, the main gimmick, uh, second game onward, is that he can inhale and copy the powers of whoever he fights and the series is known for you always start a kirby game it's super light-hearted super fun the games themselves are not particularly difficult but once you reach the end game you're always fighting some giant eldritch bloody oh dark yeah monster. like they get terrifying and it's fun like, remember, there's like a boss yeah. that's like a bleeding eyeball right yeah zero two from kirby 64 <laughs> yeah oh, yeah so, it gets fucked up in kirby and i like that like mark's Marks is a really fucking terrifying thing. Like, uh, he's like... I remember, I think it's in one of the Kirby games I played. Uh, if you, uh, there's an attack he does where, like, he stretches... Like, he splits in half and makes a black hole. Which is probably from his boss battle. But I played him as Star Allies, and so he does that there. Yeah, Marks does that. So, okay, now let's, we can talk about our personal relationship to Kirby. Let's get a little more personal about it. Uh... Ducko, what do you, what do you, what, what's your thing of Kirby? What do you know of Kirby? Yeah, I, I always seem to like Kirby when I f- probably first encountered him in like Smash 64, but then I I might have played Kirby 64 a few like once or twice, but like most of the time I I went back and I played like 
the older games, like mostly the Kirby's Adventure on NES, and then Kirby Superstar, and I think a few other ones. I I, I have Kirby Air Ride somewhere. Oh, on Air Ride is. It was very hard to actually play it, but then like I eventually got used to it, and it was kind of fun. Yeah, it's a Kirby. Air Ride is weird, game. but like it's a good game. Um. Okay, I will say, I'll say my thing about Kirby. When I was younger, there was a decent period of time where I was obsessed with Kirby. Like I would do nothing. I would just like watch like commercials about him on YouTube. Like watch full compilations. I'd keep watching gameplay. I'd buy a bunch of the games. Like my favorite was Return to Dreamland, where you could play like you could play as Kirby, DDD, Meta Knight, and the Waddle D, the Bandana D. And I was like, I watched all the fucking anime. I was obsessed with Kirby. I, I still I still really like Kirby, but I guess I've not gotten as obsessive about it. But the whole thing of Kirby, like how secretly, like it starts off nice, but it gets kind of fucked up in the later half. That's always I always really liked that stuff. And also, you know, Kirby's just a good a good little guy. I like him. He's yeah. very cute. And the whole series is cute. Like Ep Epic Yarn is great. That's a very adorable game, even though you can't lose it. Yeah. You, you can't lose Epic Yarn. <laughs> I think my favorite is still Return to Dreamland, just because that's the one I played a whole lot. But yeah, I love Kirby. Right. So, um. Yeah. So for my, I'd say um, my first console was the DS, and I really had three series that I alternated between. I had the Mario's, the Pokemon, and the and Kirby. Well, there was also uh, Smash, but that mainly introduced me to everything else. Uh. So my first Kirby game was Kirby Squeak Squad, and kind of like Max, eventually that just led me down the rabbit hole. I'd watch a bunch of Kirby stuff on YouTube, like the the commercial for, I think it was Nightmare in Dreamland, that's kind of burnt into my head at this point. I've watched it so many times. Mm. Uh, right back at ya, I watched that show a lot, and I just kind of been keeping up with the Kirby series ever since. Uh, the games themselves aren't that difficult, but... I think in terms of just having a <clears throat> having like a power fantasy sort of game where you could just just hop in and just destroy things, Kirby's probably the best in that regard. Yeah. Like one I of the mean, latest it's... games that I really love, uh, Planet Robobot, you just pilot Kirby in a mech and he you literally cannot lose that game I and mean, he just destroys everything, but it's a lot there of fun. There are a couple of Kirby games where you just can't lose, which Right. <laughs> I mean it's uh, I mean it's good for like kids who like to play because they can't that means they can't lose. So it's good for kids to play Kirby. But like it can be I'll fun say you can't lose. My favorite Kirby game is it it flops between and it'll probably be more evident when I read my script, uh Kirby sixty four and Kirby Squeak Squad. But oh, I, I can't say... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Isn't 64 the one where you can, like, melt copy abilities into, like, a super yeah. copy ability? Yeah. Kirby 64 great. and Squeak Squad both had, um, combination abilities. Oh. So they, oh, they both had that. Okay. Squeak Squad to a lesser extent. But also, um, I can't say I've disliked a Kirby game until, until recently. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> yeah, you, you I am, like I am known Allies, for right? not liking Kirby Star Allies. I I like Star Allies. I thought it was fun. I thought the world building with um, like the Kirby clone and the final boss—I forget what it was—and the mages was cool. Not a fan of the game, even 
like even for a Kirby game, it was way too short. Do you not like the buddy system? Like throwing the hearts. Uh, I don't like um, the buddy system or the weapon like combination system because it puts oh. you through like ten seconds of of a cutscene every time you do it. <laughs> yeah, the, don't do that. <laughs> the guest characters are cool though, like the returning characters. Yeah, you can play Mark in that game. Yeah, Adeline, DeRoach, Marks, Tatanga. No, uh, that's really I, cool. I forgot to mention before, but also my brother, uh, uh, my brother and sister always want to play this Kirby golf game with me, and it's like I suck so bad at it. If oh Kirby's a golf yeah, ball, you gotta kick him around. We played horrible. We played that on like three, like Switch Online or whatever. Oh, yeah, we played that together. And I and yeah, you kept getting mad at me when I you kicked my ass. Got lucky. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess you're cursed in that okay. game. Okay, so who's gonna go first for pitching a movie? Who's gonna uh, go first? What I heard was that mine is based off of like the earlier games, and then Brandon's is based off of like the games after that, and yeah. then yours. You've been keeping it under wrap, but you've been telling me you have like something like special planned. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so special. So would that be a good order? You think? Sure, you, Brandon, then me. Me and Ducko were talking about it last night, and I realized Ducko kind of covered a lot of my blind spots. I've never played the Game Boy or the NES game full way through, but Uh, every other Kirby game I've done. I think I played the Game Boy one on, like, a computer once at school, and I I just played that all the time. That seems about right. There we are. Okay. Let's hear it. Let's hear Kirby. Alright, so I do this thing a lot where I try to get to the root of a premise by comparing it to other things. When I describe Kirby in this way, it sounds batshit, because I'm about to say, it's Winnie the Pooh, but sometimes someone fucks with Winnie the Pooh and he has to go around beating them up, beating them up and their whole gang. <laughs> and also, Winnie the Pooh is crossed with John Carpenter's The Thing and Rogue from the X-Men, and he has to stop the HP Lovecraft pantheon from destroying the universe. So, still, this is kind of an oversimplification, but it tells you somewhat of the perspective I might be coming from. So, this is going to be a loose adaptation of Dreamland 1 and 2. But I also get into uh, presenting how how I'd want this movie presented. I don't think there's any other way than some form of animation, like hand-drawn, CG, stop-motion even puppets maybe but pretty much there's basically no humans in kirby besides like ones with like no nose or whatever yeah they're they're cappies yeah they're they are cartoonish so yeah they're not really like regular humans i also i would like other animation styles over 3d just like stick out from both like the games now and like the general animated film landscape these days but 3d is the most likely one Although we're seeing like now like things like Spider-Verse and things like that that you can experiment and like mix stylistic approaches as a movie goes on. So there could potentially be some of that in presenting this movie, but you know, I'll just get to the I'll just get to the actual movie. Okay, so right. Kirby lives in a dimension called Dreamland on the planet Popstar. If you look at it, it's a very cutesy storybook-esque most of the inhabitants most of the inhabitants are reminiscent of like Sanrio, Hella Kitty sort of material. We can even have a narrator and book open in on it, like Winnie the Pooh. There you go. But uh, so so we set up, start off. Kirby's with a bunch of his friends at a picnic one bright sunny day. 
the hamsters and goo balls and all the other critters like that are eating mostly normally. And then looking at Kirby like, boy, he sure can't eat as he literally inhales the food before him. Suddenly, though, as Kirby's sucking in food, he starts to feel something sucking it away from him. Kirby looks up and sees King Dedede in some sort of big contraption. Kirby flies off to follow him and his ship back to Dedede's mountain, dealing with some flying enemies Dedede sends out in an early action sequence. King Dedede has been a public nuisance for a while, seeming a bit blustering and over the top, and trying to wield political power over this world for a while, but he's never seemed like a gigantic threat. However, once Kirby makes it to Dedede's mountain lair, he finds out what King Dedede's plot is. He's basically going to steal everyone's food away from them, and force them to work for it and pay it, and pay for it to get back, get it back. Pretty much, yeah. Sorry for the stumbling. So King Dedede's new plan seems unusually manipulative and malicious. Kirby recalls numerous times that Dedede has pulled various plots, and they all seemed childish and goofy in comparison. But this one seems to be actively hurting people. Dedede slams Kirby off the mountain with his giant hammer for trying to reveal his plot which sends Kirby flying a great distance. When Kirby lands, he finds a land that has already been decimated for who knows how long. There, Kirby meets a bitter masked swordsman, or swords, whatever Kirby's species is. This is Meta Knight. Meta Knight is angry that King Dedede took what little his land had left, with citizens of his land having to fight each other for scraps. Meta Knight tries to communicate with Kirby and learns that he is from another land that was still lush and green. Meta Knight gets angry with Kirby at first, thinking that this land was a bunch of lazy layabouts who just wallowed and got fat, never contributing to the greater world. Meta Knight fights Kirby out of anger, but finds Kirby to be skilled and strong, if a bit unpolished, eventually tripping Kirby up. But Kirby also manages to inform him that he was trying to stop King Dedede before he landed here. Meta Knight finds that he respects Kirby and his ideals, and offers to train and fight alongside him to take DDD on. We go on an interlude of Kirby and Meta Knight training and fighting throughout the world, making their way back to Mount DDD. We can show some cameos from various other Kirby bosses and enemies in this sequence. Not quite a montage, but more like the structure of a fighting tournament movie in a sense. Maybe a middle ground link between those two ideas like we don't want it to take up like the whole movie just like a, a nice portion I guess we're now back at Mount DDD though after that King DDD has built up the mountain area into a glitzy gaudy area dedicated to indulgence and greed for anyone willing to pay Meta Knight however wants to cut right through the bullshit and drags Kirby right to the source almost immediately Kirby and Meta Knight confront King DDD once again Dedede tries to charm both of them and get them to indulge in the vices around town, but Kirby is too naive to re Kirby is too naive to really know what they are, and Mennonite is too angry at Dedede to trust him. Mennonite charges right at Dedede and slices at him, but then gets smacked across the throne room, his sword falling out of his hand and impaling itself into the floor. Kirby looks worried as he sees King Dedede scarred, leaking out some sort of pitch black substance. What but the fuck? But still, <laughs> but still, lo hell? you'll see. But still, looking confident and chuckling to himself while quickly patching himself up. DDD pulls out his hammer and starts slamming it around, causing earthquakes throughout the room. Kirby flies around and DDD gives chase, 
and an airborne fight begins that ends up breaking through the roof of the palace before eventually tumbling right through the city and then down the mountains. DDD seems surprisingly brutal, dragging, dragging poor Kirby around, smashing him with the giant hammer and grinding him into the ground. But Kirby is resilient, and he can take it. Kirby holds on long enough to get DDD all the way down to the bottom of the mountain, to more stable ground. It's at this point, DDD starts trying to pull some sort of manipulation tactic on Kirby himself. We're not so different, you and I. Yes, it's <laughs> pretty reminiscent of Spider-Man 1 with the Green Goblin up on the rooftop. <laughs> we know what we want, and we take as much of it as we can. Really, you're the biggest glutton I know. What gives you the right to judge me for what I'm doing? Kirby stands strong still, but he has a bit of worry on his face. Back in the palace, Mennonite wakes up, brushes himself off, and picks up his sword. He immediately flies out of the fortress and down to the bottom of the mountain, looking for Kirby along the way before he eventually finds him there. DDD scoffs. Look. Oh, look. It's the oh-so-proud warrior back to save his little friend. Didn't I already beat you hard enough? You joke. But there is a difference between those like you and those like Kirby. He got me to realize the importance of support. You only ordered around others and took from even more of us. If you ever supported anyone, or been supported by, or been supported by anyone at all, you would know. You can take all you want, but nobody will ever respect you. DDD lashes out at Meta Knight once again. Insolence! However, Meta Knight faints. Like, fainting in swordplay, not like he faints and falls over oh, again. I, I thought he just... It's too much. Then, he manages to stab DDD in the back. DDD is shocked, and we see more of the pitch black substance pouring from its back. <laughs> Meta Knight and Kirby are understandably shocked by this. But Kirby seems to, by instinct, start sucking up DDD, first drawing Meta Knight's sword out and spitting it out, then eventually drawing more and more of the substance out of DDD's body, DDD exaggeratedly flailing and bugging out his eyes. Eventually, the substance is drawn completely out of DDD, seemingly, with DDD eventually passing out, but it stops just sort of flying into Kirby's mouth and even knocks him back a bit as it comes into contact. Kirby looks up and sees the darkened substance floating upward and coalescing into a cloud in the sky. The sky darkens, but a being seems to appear in the middle with a massive bloodshot eye. Meta Knight <laughs> is stunned and appears to flash back to his land once being nicer, training himself under a great sword fighter when he was younger, with this trainer coming across some sort of great power and slowly acting more and more aggressive. Think like a slightly more serious version of like Spider-Man 3 but it's like shortened down a bit. Then massive amounts of destruction from energy being thrown around. Mennonite knows who this is, this being that's appeared right before him. It's a former trainer of his. It's who's now known as Dark Matter. Kirby goes up to Mennonite's sword and the two exchange a nod. Kirby flies up to Dark Matter with the blade and tries to fight him. A lot of energy is thrown Kirby's way, but Kirby manages to fight through it, charging through various blasts with the sword. Eventually, while Kirby is hit with a lot, Kirby manages to stab right through the eye. A massive burst of energy reverberates across the whole planet, and a flash happens. Kirby lands back in his land, and the dark energy in the sky dissipates. The stunned, 
The sun starts shining once again. Mennonite lands back in his land, and he looks and sees a flower blooming on the ground. Dedede lands back on Mount Dedede. He looks around this palace and seems to feel regret. Some time passes, and another picnic is happening with Kirby and his friends. Mennonite is even there, and he brought some of the people from his land. King Dedede rolls in, and the citizens of Kirby's land are scared, but Kirby isn't. Kirby walks up to King Dedede and gives him a slice of pie. The two smile at each other, and that's where we end. Hey, yeah. oh, there it goes. I like the ending. That felt very much like a Kirby movie. Like, right. that's like... That sort of reminds me of, like, uh, sort of, like, uh, the Animal Crossing movie, where it's just, like, pretty much pitch perfect what the game is like, just in a movie form. That's sort yeah. of what I got the vibe. Like, it, it felt it felt a lot like Kirby. <laughs> like, with, yeah. like, King Dedede having, like, a fucking Eldritch Beast inside of him and leaking black liquid. <laughs> oh, yeah. That felt right. I, I, really I thought, um... Yeah, it definitely, like, stuck to its roots with Kirby 1 and 2, with, like, the cast. It didn't... Yeah. Go much farther than that. You mentioned Spider-Man like twice, so yeah, oh, yeah. Kirby Spider-Man. Spider -Man. Yeah. But I mean, I think the, I thought the ending especially was like a really good. That seems in character. Yeah, yeah. it's very Kirby-like. And I have to kind of act a little more malleable because because there's not much to go off of with Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's fitting that's malleable because you know Kirby's malleable. <laughs> so Brandon, what's what is your Kirby? Okay. Um, so I wanted to do something that's, this is actually kind of funny, I'm going right after Ducko, because you had this whole thing of King DDD being an ass. Um, I'd say my movies, it's it kind of like right back at you in a way, where the focal point is King DDD as the main character in a way. Um, the main games I'm drawing plot points from are, it, it very heavily is Kirby 64, but then I'm drawing stuff from uh, Superstar... What the hell is that? Superstar, Squeak Squad, and Return to Dreamland. And the only main thing I wanted to change from right back at you, I do not like the Capitown people. I do not like Tiff and Tough. <laughs> uh, Are you gonna keep Escargoon? Oh no, I'm, I don't have Escargoon. <gasps> but um, no! oh no, I did sort of. It is yeah, I did just kind of fit those personalities in a Kirby sixty four thing. Okay. And just has a bunch of other fan service and characters from the later games. Okay. So the story mainly follows King Dedede, a fat, flightless bird who lives in rustic outskirts of Waddletown. So this is the only occurrence the Waddledees are gonna have, because I am they could end up like the minions and the movie would suck immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um He lives as a merchant but isn't respected much by his neighbors. He doesn't mind it too much, until the day a pink alien named Kirby comes crashing into the planet's capital, Dreamland. He then travels to Dreamland with his cart in tow, and jealousy ensues as he sees everyone in love with Kirby, giving him the respect that he so desires. It's revealed that a prophecy is foretold of a star warrior who would cast away the swelling darkness in the sky. The Fairy Queen sent, um, sent out the young Kirby, who was immature and naive, to go and stop this, assuming that he was the hero the prophecy foretold. On an expedition with her daughter, Ribbon, who is a character in Kirby 64 and is going to act like Kirby's main voice, narration, and... Uh, I just use like a caveat of dialogue, okay. because I don't think Kirby... I personally do not think Kirby should speak all that much. I think how they did him in Right Back At Show was 
Yeah, really where he just like said like very oh, yeah. odd, like barely even really words. Yeah, I don't think I had Kirby talk in mine either. Mm -hmm. So Ribbon and Kirby are on a journey in order to collect three crystal shards, cut down from sixty-four, uh, across the galaxy before a doomsday event. And King Dedede decides to join them just to prove his worth. So on a road trip style adventure, King Dedede and Kirby along with Ribbon, are put into numerous situations that test the uh, once the one-sided disdain King Dedede has towards Kirby. Basically, across this road trip, galaxy-wide adventure, they're gonna- Kirby's just gonna be testing King Dedede constantly, and he's just gonna be coming off as a jackass until he eventually wow. sees Kirby for the better and all that. So, first planet they arrive at, um, a la Warp Star, is the Craft Kingdom where they meet an artist girl named Adeline, who has the power to bring her drawings to life. Oh, yeah. Her family had been infected by this darkness, and the gang teams up and learns the true nature of the entity, which is known as Dark Matter. Kirby also shows off his copy ability here, which should be his main visual gag. I think it'd be funny oh, yeah. if, um... What's a good example? Uh, like Koro-sensei in Assassination Classroom, if Kirby used these copy abilities to convey different emotions, like he'd get... Fire Kirby if he was angry, or Water Kirby if he was sad. Stuff oh, yeah, like that. That'd be, that'd be good. Uh, at the same time, a mischievous group of thieves known as the Squeak Squad make their first appearance, also in pursuit of the Crystal Shards. Disorganized and without their leader, however, the trio now accompanied by Adeline uh, struggle more so in the conflict between DDD and Kirby rather than the Squeak Squads themselves. They're kind of a pushover at this point. Uh, after the Craft Kingdom, the gang enters a robotic planet, with a shard being guarded by President Haltman, controlling a giant robotic Krakow Cloud. Without any effort from the group, however, a magical mage known as Magalore dismantles the robot with his sheer, um, with sheer spells alone. To the side, a masked warrior named Meta Knight warns Kirby and Ribbon about Dark Matter, but vanishes almost as instantly as he appears. The squeaks are too late to this shard, as Kirby and the group, now with Magalore, who is acting as their guide across unfamiliar territory, escape onto the final planet. Uh, a sun-scorched mountain, guarded by a phoenix bird named Dynablade, nesting in a husk of a past Wispy Woods, so Dynablade carved out Wispy Woods' head and is using is it Wispy as a Wispy fucking nest. dead? Your Wispy is dead, yeah. <laughs> no! Um, but this time, the Squeaks are able to defeat Dynablade before Kirby and his group arrives and retrieve the third gem that they need. And so now it's a fight between the Squeak Squad and Kirby and Magalore. But as before Magalore is about to wipe the floor with the Squeak Squad, Meta Knight intervenes and aligns himself with the Squeaks. So it becomes a really climactic fight between Magalore and all of his magic and Meta Knight just flying, dashing around with his sword Galaxia. Um, it's revealed amidst the chaos that the Squeaks only stole the gem in order to cure their sick uh, leader, Daroch. So they're only they're only after the gem just to help um, their leader out. They don't have any real villainous intent with it. But Magalore is able to swipe the gem from them and from Kirby's group and just completely eviscerates all of them, wiping the floor with them and turning the gems into a crown okay. that he wields in order to defeat Dark Matter himself. Or rather, siphon all of its power for himself. So in the end, Kirby, now wielding Meta Knight's sword Galaxia, and King Dedede, now wielding Daroch's star wand, 
along with their group of Adeline and the Squeaks, fly in to destroy Dark Matter. Eventually, and eventually, Dark Matter uh, corrupted, and eventually, a Magalore corrupted by Dark Matter. Uh, much more dark in design from his Return to Dreamland version, though. I'd imagine more akin to a Zero Two, like the bloody eyeball thing. Just uh, yeah. that's oh, where your cool. Eldritch Kirby stuff comes in. So I... overall, the journey had focused. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, uh, the journey had focused on how King Dedede and Kirby were able to grow their friendship, the wide cast of characters and minor problems that got along the way that kind of helped King Dedede grow as a character and not just be a douche to Kirby. Um. <laughs> So, as they prove their worth and eventually are able to defeat both Dark Matter and Magalore, uh, the, they return to Dreamland, the Fairy Queen thanks both of them for their efforts, and I guess the moral of the story is that there can be more heroes than what a prophecy foretells. Yeah. And that's there we go. It. I really, I like all the characters that showed up in this. I really, I like, it would be very good for the fans to see all that, I think. Now, yeah. Star Allies showed me that, like, everyone's favorite thing is just having all the characters come back together. Yeah. I, I like, uh... I, li I like several things about it. I like that you got in the copy abilities, because I didn't as much. Like, I got in Kirby sucking things in, but he didn't copy anybody in my movie. I like that it's Kirby's gimmick to, like, change, like, his emotions based on the copy ability, or just, like, something like yeah. that as a gag. Mm hmm And okay. I like... I like the overall oh, yeah, journey, and I guess we'll, we'll get into like dark matter and relating our two takes on it, like maybe when we're at, towards the end. But we'll, we'll, uh, we'll I suppose get to Max's one now in a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've mine's nothing like your guys' stories. Oh, no. I I take oh, a different approach because you see the biggest difference is that my Kirby movie is a live action movie. Uh -oh. And Kirby is a CGI creature, and th it's humans. He's going to the human world. Kirby's world star <laughs> crashes on Earth, and he meets Tiff and Toph, who are played by celebrities, and they act nothing like their cartoon counterparts. They're more like they're more like the same character, but it's like a, there's a guy and a girl. Just choose any celebrity. So after Kirby, he lands on Earth. He meets Tiff and Tuff, and they think they think Kirby can only speak in Poyo Poyos, but that's just a gag that Kirby is playing. And it's, it's revealed he's voiced by Ryan Reynolds. Kirby, <laughs> Kirby is a snarky, quick-witted jokester, and makes several pop culture references throughout the film. Tiff and Tuff, they bring Kirby to their home, which is also the White House. Their father is the President of the United States, President Dedede, played by John Goodman. Oh, the kids, they, they try to keep their alien a secret, you know, kind of like E.T., but Kirby wants to fix his Warp Star with some of the government technology that Dedede owns. So Kirby sneaks off in the night to get the materials he needs, but on the way there he finds the kitchen and sucks up all the food. Dedede comes in to see Kirby, and after some witty back and forth and some yo mama so fat jokes, Dedede chases Kirby with a government hammer. <laughs> so the Dedede, he almost flattens the cream puff, but Tiff and Tuff, they step in to stop Dedede. They insist that, that, uh, that Kirby is a good guy, but Dedede tells them that they should go to their rooms. 
But, you know, we also figure out that King Dedede, or President Dedede, he never listens to what the kids have to say. He never listens to his kids. So this is them. They're finally going to rebel. They're going to run away with Kirby and escape. Hijinks ensue as the team run all around Washington trying to fix Kirby's warp star as Dedede chases them with his government officials. Uh, Kirby has to defeat the government by sucking up their cars and spitting them back at each other. At one point, they use a flamethrower, and Kirby sucks up the flames to become Fire Kirby. After they learn about Kirby's copy ability, they decide that they can now raid Area 51. Tiff and Tuff spend a solid 20 minutes planning how to get into Area 51, and it's incredibly boring. Like, like Kirby is not even on screen during this part of the movie. He's sleeping. So there's 20 minutes of planning a big heist. And they're really flaunting the actors they got for Tiff and Tuff. They're really because it's mostly about them at this point. The plan begins. Tiff and Tuff they bring a bunch of spicy foods with them so Kirby can activate his fire powers. They use these powers to break in and grab the equipment they need, but Dedede stops them by showing up with a giant mech. Kirby gets his ass handed to him, but both Tiff and Tuff work together to hack into Dedede's mech. After, of course, we follow them for a solid 10 minutes as they try to figure out how to hack him. Uh, Dedede, he's defeated, and Kirby hops onto his fixed warp star. He makes a fart joke and leaves. Dedede realizes the error of his ways, and Tiff and Tuff reconcile with Father Dedede. Dedede learns a valuable lesson and decides to listen to his kids more often. The end. Oh that's, boy. That's my live action <laughs> Kirby the movie. Oh boy. <laughs> there Duck we was, go. Duck's whole thing was it could be any any style. I didn't specify one, but yours I imagine vividly and I hate it. Oh dear. <laughs> isn't there already like a president guy with a mech in Kirby that isn't DDD? Yeah, that's President <laughs> Haltman from Robobot. No. But pre- it's gotta be DDD. Iconic DDD. Oh boy, Colonel Schrader. <laughs> oh my god. We have three so different they... takes on DDD. We've had more like characterization for DDD than anyone else. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> oh I g- yeah, I give him a little arc at the end there. You know, he learns. This is filming the unfilmed the DDD movie. <laughs> he's also he's not a penguin at all. He's just a fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> oh this, this is the human world. It's Ryan Reynolds Kirby, so. Oh, there we go. Now, Ducko, are we even going to attempt to merge this, or should we just... That's our free. Uh, I feel like Brandon's one could be, like, tweaked in some ways to, like, be a sequel to the other one. Like, yeah. Dark Matter is already established as, like, a thing, an entity that can corrupt other people. What I imagine Dark Matter for mine, though, it was more like, um, just a giant black blob. Like, more like Majora's Mask, the moon, or Final Fantasy VII. But you had I Dark Matter be more like what he is in, uh, Kirby 3, just like a knight. Well, he was you know, a knight. And, and, and my then government became... fret was pretty big, too. Yeah. That's oh, pre- that relates to Dark Matter as well, if you think about it. Oh dear. The, the, the knight was like in the previous form. I mentioned that he became like this like eyeball thing that like created a dark cloud across the sky. So. Well, you know, they might have had like some black hole technology in the government. We just didn't get to that part. Oh, you gotta wait for goodness, the sequel. Goodness, the government You gotta one. wait for Kirby 2 right back at you. That's what they would call oh, it. Oh boy. 
And then uh, that one, I'll find like a scrawny little nerdy guy and call him Escargoon, and he'll help out DDD. Oh boy! Because we'll apparently have... Brandon was too good for Escargoon in his movie. That's their uh, Escargoon would be if this was a Disney movie. That'd be like their first gay character, the side secretary <laughs> Escargoon. The first, oh, the first gay couple in a Disney movie. DDD es- and Escargoon. <laughs> Escargoon could have been like a helper he would guy. He'd be like Lafu and the Beauty and the Beast remake. None of us use Nightmare Enterprise. I'm just realizing. Oh yeah, we never used him. The guy who says, "Oh, how could I help you?" My favorite character. I okay. Could... Let's, let's sneak him. Let's sneak him into my live action movie. He's You'd like... be in yours, yeah. He's, yeah, uh, he's like, yeah. He's played by some famous actor. Oh boy, DDD became like, uh, like basically like. Uh, I don't like to use this comparison, but like Donald Trump or Biff Tannen <laughs> on crack. Okay, there's several. There are several political jokes in my movie too. Oh, they make dear. that comparison clear. <laughs> oh my god! They'll even say uh, it's gonna be huge. He's gonna do I that. I want Kirby. I want Kirby to call DDD a boomer and just make really grown witty jokes. Oh, He'll do that during his Yo Mama jokes. This will be beforehand. <laughs> I'm a boomer. Kirby sounds like the most unlikable CG character <laughs> in these type of movies. Uh, boy, give I him like a... I had to make it Ryan Reynolds because he was also Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Give him like I... a weirdly realistic face as well. Yeah! Or... Like he's got... It's, it looks it looks kind of like the Ditto in Detective Pikachu. No, no, it's like Mr. Mime in Detective Pikachu. <laughs> like that face. Oh, <laughs> Alright, so there Not we go. That, those were our Kirby movies. <laughs> I, oh, I really, really liked doing these. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, thank oh, you. Yeah, we lot, look forward folks. to doing some uh, some more of you eventually, Brandon. We'll have you on. We can have you on yeah. some, for some other ones. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for watching this Filming the Unfilmed uh, episode. And, yeah, that's, that's all for today, everybody. Goodbye. Check all our stuff Ooh. out in the descriptions. Yeah, see you guys later. Have a good day.